Welcome back everyone to The Occasional Barista. Again, I wanna just quickly state, uh, if you guys haven't already checked out, I think it was two episodes ago, uh, we had Noah Potiek from Chapman Crafted Coffee, and he's the director of coffee over there, and uh, I didn't say this during the podcast because he was there, but he is arguably, and he would also not want me to say this, but he is arguably probably one of the best roasters in California, let alone possibly the nation. He is that talented. And when I say a wealth of knowledge, it's because he's been in the industry for so long, has started up his own projects that have absolutely won countless and countless awards. So if you already haven't, uh, please go listen to that podcast uh, and show uh, Chapman Crafted Coffee some love because that was a huge opportunity for me to be able to sit down and actually talk with them. And uh, little do people know, we're also doing, and it's kind of in the works right now, but another collaboration with Chapman Crafted Coffee as well as Noah and uh, Little Lunch Coffee as well as Chris. But it's a little hush-hush right now, but we're, we're working on it right now. Um, so that's something really interesting and going to be tons of fun to look forward to. Um, I would also take a quick second because, again, this is the new year, and I want to just say thank you to everyone who I started this podcast and back in 2020, in, in the latter half of 2020, and I'm honestly shocked at the support as well as how the outreach has gotten to so many different people from all over the world. I mean, um, looking at my analytics right now, we have Russia, Canada, Estonia, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, Japan, India, Mexico. If I'm missing any, I apologize, but... Um, as well as, of course, the United States. Uh, huge shout out to randomly, of course, uh, Texas. Honestly, huge listener base out there, Dallas uh, specifically. And again, thank you guys out there for showing your love and support um, just by listening. And uh, of course, my people out in California and North Carolina, honestly, it just it baffles me just how big this podcast got in such little time. So Again, thank you everyone for uh, sticking with me and uh, for supporting me throughout this growing pains. I'm slowly but surely listening, uh, not listening, learning. Um, little do you know, this is kind of more behind the scenes, but I already recorded this podcast and randomly deleted it, uh, which is kind of sad. But, you know, I got out of some of the, you know, what is it called? Uh, the old, like, well, clearly not, because I'm kind of stumbling upon words now, but <laughs> but it got all the, um, you know, fails or, you know, misspoken words in the first one, and now I'm kind of learning clearly not, but I have, and we're going to dive in right now, a very special episode, because I did a little coffee experiment, and it really kind of changed my viewpoint on blends. And the reason why, I mean, a lot of you might be listening and being like, oh, what is a blend? I mean, how can that be that exciting? Um, it was because this specific blend is unlike any other um, that I've actually kind of seen. I've been in the industry, of course, now, I mean, for like four years, and, and I've never really saw a blend that was created like this. And it's basically a blend between a medium roasted, like Honduras, and a French dark roasted, um, they don't specify, but I'm guessing is uh, Honduras as well, um, but could be something else. But the fact of the matter is a blend is normally made between two different coffees uh, roasted 
very eerily similar um, levels of roast, I would say, where you wouldn't normally see a lighter medium roast with a French dark roast like we have here in this case. Uh, it's a coffee made by K1, I'm going to mispronounce this name, but uh, Capic One Expedition Company, um, and it's their Expedition Roast, and it really is honestly a weird cup of coffee i've had it just how they created it and here's kind of what the problem is in the breakdown of why whoops excuse me why blends can run into some issues here you have a certain amount of beans from one of the coffees and the other now when you have even just slightly similar roasted coffees you might not notice that big of a difference if you get you know, coffee, let's say X, a little more coffee X than coffee Y because they're similar flavors. They're going to roast it eerily similar. And normally, this is a little insider's trick here. The roasters will partner up a slightly less expensive coffee with a little bit more expensive, but of course using more of the less expensive coffee to hit margins, you know, profit margins, and to get similar um, tastes in a blend. Now, not every roaster does this, and not every blend does this, and uh, keeping that in mind, not every roaster or blend does what Expedition Roast did, because they took a French dark roasted coffee and tried to combine it with a medium roast. Now, it really is, when you're talking about blends, a relationship, like this dance between these two coffees, really, and it's so honestly intriguing to me that they would ever do something so drastically different because of what the problem I just said. If you have a really dark roasted um, coffee in there in a blend and you're pouring it out, the chances that you might mistakenly put too much of that dark roasted coffee that they, the roasters had intentioned there to be in one cup, you're going to get very drastic cups of coffee depending on how much you know slips in of the medium roast or how much slips in of that dark roast every time you brew it now I've had this coffee on drip before and I wasn't the biggest fan because again I'm I admit I'm not I'm, I have some biases here because I drink such light and medium roasted coffees a lot of the time and that's just what I've come accustomed to so I kept this fully in mind before going into this experiment that yes there are some biases here um, but I really went all out on this experiment and I created a little video again, a little shameless plug here, but, uh, there is a video on going to be on YouTube. I'm hoping to post it probably a day after this episode comes out, maybe two days, just depending on my schedule, but, um, of the experiment and I videotaped some of the steps and hopefully, you know, created a little fun, uh, video for you guys to watch and you can kind of experience this whole experiment with me but i i you know created the hypothesis i uh, created controlled variables and those controlled variables of course were um grind size kept grind size the same kept the input of coffee the same the output uh the same in regards to the water i also kept uh the water temperature temperature the same uh i even in regards to pouring I ensured that I put the same exact amount of water in in this time frame, um, and I did intermittent pours, made sure at the timing 
uh, I put the same exact amount of water in for every single pour that I did in the other cups. And um, overall, the experiment's kind of broken down between an cup A, cup B, and cup C. With cup C being the control group, <laughs> C, control, kind of help me remember here, but uh, C being the controlled group of just me, if I were to open this bag of coffee and just randomly, blindly pour the input of grams in, which was 22 grams, what would that cup of coffee on a V60 taste like? Now, moving on to cup B, of course. B was um, the full, and I literally poured this coffee out, and this is how drastic the difference is, is normally with a blend, you can't really tell, maybe by looking at the structure of it or um, kind of like the density of it and the sizing of it, uh, the difference between two different beans that they threw in a blend. But this was so easy for me to split up because you have this oily, darker French roasted coffee because, of course, um, it, it's more brittle too because when you hit, the bean hits, it has a water content inside the bean, of course, when it goes in the roaster. Um, and over time, obviously, especially at high heat to hit a French dark roast, it's going to keep drawing out all that moisture out to the surface and drying it out the bean. And that's what creates that glossy because you're going to have the oils start coming out too. Um, that glossy kind of like um, glazed of oil that you see. Uh, it's like a shiny bean, you know, um, of a traditional French dark roast. And you have your medium roast, which of course has no sheen, no shine. Um, it's just kind of like one of those lighter looking uh, beans there. So it was pretty easy for me to separate these beans in between the darker and the lighter, as well as just blindly pouring in. Now, of course, cup A is that lighter uh, medium roast. And I will point out um, that there was a significantly large amount of uh, medium roasted beans in this bag comparatively to the darker roasted beans. And then we'll go in my final conclusion, <laughs> conclusion, hypothesis, conclusion, you know, all this stuff. But um, try to make it as sciencey as possible here. <laughs> it's been a while. I think, uh, you know, in high school, apes, AP environmental science was the last time I did an experiment because you don't, you don't run into too many experiments uh, being a business major in college. So, uh, definitely uh was my last time I ever did an experiment like this but uh had a, had the conclusion and um and we're of course going to get to that but the actual process of course I know for a fact a I'm going to address of course full disclosure the biases that could could have been involved um my palate um, in regards to choosing the best cup of coffee is going to be, of course, biased. I try to be as unbiased as possible, but again, that's just not, you know, <laughs> it's just not um, realistic. So I understood that. Um, you could say my pouring technique um, with a pour over, of course, there's a lot of places I could have done differently, but obviously how I poured it, um, just the variations, I try to be as, you know, similar as possible, but again, it's a different pour over every time, which could lead to different uh, results based off of my technique. But I try to keep it the same and similar every time. Um, and finally, a lot of people might mention taste when I tasted it, the temperature of the coffee when I tasted it. And this is where I really try to like be on top of. So there's 
I, I of course, had to make three different pour-overs. When you make a pour-over, after you brew it, the time and temperature is going to adjust, of course, the flavor of the coffee because you're just letting it sit. And it's one of those things, of course, when coffee sits and cools down, it's going to have a lot brighter, and those brighter notes are going to start coming through, and the temperature is not going to kind of uh, numb your tongue and kind of keep that... Uh, those like mundane flavors of course are going to kind of disappear and now you're really going to try this coffee for what what's really the flavors that are inside of it and it kind of started off um of course i started off with a and here's the reason why i kind of had to adjust my palate as much as possible to what we're going to be having because I, again i don't think I've had a dark roasted coffee, like a French traditional dark roasted coffee, and I think like a year. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, you know, now I might, it, my mind's been changed a lot over time, especially getting out of just the day-to-day being a barista and talking with a little bit people like Noah, you know, um, just like kind of what are some challenges from the roaster's perspective when you're roasting a French, you know, or a dark roast, um, what they're trying to achieve. So I, I'm opening up my, uh, you know, varieties of coffee nowadays, but I, I definitely haven't had one in again, like I said, a year. So I wanted to start with medium because it's still a little bit more, um, kind of like a darker medium than I'm used to. Cause medium is such a large variety and pretty wide. Um, but I wanted to go start there, adjust my palate and, I was like shocked and surprised at how pleasant of a cup of coffee it is. And I, <laughs> I have like a hypothesis within a hypothesis because my hypothesis was um, like if I do everything the same uh, and I brew it to the best of my abilities the same, that just based off of some knowing my biases, but just based off of what I know about roasters and uh, coffee in general, I'm guessing that this coffee A was going to be the best, just pure medium. It might be a little bit, I would say underdeveloped possibly just based off of like how it tasted the first time I had it as a controlled drip coffee C basically. Um, but I, I had my idea that I would enjoy it the best just because it's going to be closer to what also I've been drinking. Um, I would also said probably my least favorite was probably going to be B, the full French dark roasted coffee. Um, so going in my, uh, going into experiment with that in mind, the hypothesis, A was still a shocking surprise to me because I still thought it wasn't going to be as good as some of the other coffees I've been drinking. Um, but it crushed it. it. It was super balanced. And I took notes, um, again, when I had to drink the coffee, of course. So three pour overs, a lot to juggle. <laughs> I drank a sip, of course, uh, probably let it sit maybe like three minutes uh, while I was setting up and getting the next pour over going, had that first cup A, took a sip, wrote, jotted down some notes. Then when I finished, um, that second cup, then it's going to be another three minutes when I got the third cup going and set up. Then I took another sip of cup A and then I took my first sip of cup B. And then you can kind of tell what the pattern's looking like just to ensure that from the time I stopped brewing it to the time I took that first sip 
to the time I took the second sip and to the time I took the third sip was all the same. So it was three minutes, six minutes, nine minutes. Um, and I try to do that again for those people who are like, oh, the taste and temp is going to change. I try to keep it as um, constant of variables as possible in between each sips and in between each coffee to make sure it was the best experiment possible that I could possibly do with, of course, being a home brewer right now. Um, but what I discovered in the first sip, of course, is I got this really surprisingly nice sweetness from it. And I was like, what in the world? Where is this coming from? Because I thought um, it still might have a little bit of that dark French roasted flavor because the bags, like I said, it's a relationship. These bags are bumping and grinding inside that bag. They're all in one bag. Um, and I'm going to probably stop right there in regards to that stuff because I try to keep this PG here. But uh, it was really like surprising to me because I, I thought a more flavor would have been coming from that French dark roast um, that would have permeated the beans since those oils were just getting everywhere. In the video, you, you can see I try to show my hands was a little glossy there from just touching those beans but um uh it was really surprising to get a really nice balanced cup out of just the medium roast and uh, my experiment within an experiment or my hypothesis within the hypothesis is now i'm pretty sure it it tasted from three minutes to six minutes and then finally nine minutes it just got this lighter and lighter creaminess to it this light cream Almost like um, with the finish being like a caramel to burnt caramely finish. So I try to describe it because it had a little bit of acidity to it. Like if you can imagine a, a orange creme brulee is the best thing I could come up with. It is like the flavors I was getting. Um, and my, my hypothesis was that those oils still permeated the beans just enough to add that like burnt caramely like you get from a, you know, burnt sugary taste you get from a creme brulee and it was super nice and it was exciting. And I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I, I totally misread this cup of coffee in this bag based off of my first try, my first time trying it on just drip. Separating the beans kind of worked. Now I'm not going to get too ahead of myself because now we got to try cup B and cup B was the full French dark roasted coffee. Ah, yes. Yes, it was a little bit tough for me. <laughs> I I definitely try to give my most open mindset going into it. I knew what to kind of expect. I knew what flavors to kind of look for. Now, here's where I'll say, and I'm going to say where things went right. I think that's, start off with a positive here. Uh, it's like, do you want the good news or bad news first? No, we're going to go with the good news because there's not that much bad news. It was harsh, um, but the, the good news was that it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. There was still a little bit of sweetness that I could only describe or imagine what, and this is where coffee gets wild, but what I imagine sat from a tree tastes like. You know, when you go and you're walking in the park and somebody's like scratched a tree and you see that sap form. Okay, this is where it gets weird and coffee gets weird because no, I'm not talking about maple, like a maple tree and that's maple syrup. You know what I'm saying? Because like, that maple syrup is dank and this is a Canadian uh, coffee. So maybe it is, but um, it was kind of just like a woodsy, uh, like, when I say woodsy, like wood, like 
sweetness is the weirdest thing I can try to to kind of put it to words. I'm trying my best here, people. But uh, um, that's kind of the flavors I got and what I imagined it to be. And yet it was kind of like this. Um, I'm going to also, by the way, I'm drinking cup A still. So that just shows you and it kind of gives you uh, some clue into what the conclusion of this experiment was. I'm going to take a quick sip here. But uh, it is uh, one of those things that uh, because of the sweetness, it kind of helped mellowed out the kind of overwhelming bitterness that you kind of get as the finish. And now we're kind of transitioning into the bad news because the bad news is, is it really left your mouth, like the mouth feel and finish was so dry. It was overwhelmingly dry because all that moisture got wicked out of that coffee. You're going to, when it's that fragile, because it gets um, brittle when you roast it that much, when it hits those burrs, it kind of just explodes into powder and it creates this really, uh, you know, just kind of dry mouth tasting cup of coffee. And that's not what you want. You don't want to feel parched. You want a nice finish that lingers, not something that just leaves your mouth dry. So kind of docked at some points there. And it didn't matter where I drank it hot, cold, uh, or warm, and then cold. It, it really, in those three, six, and nine minutes, it really didn't help the, the flavors from it. Um, but moving on to the most interesting of all, now you heard A, now you heard B, cup C. Now, the difference between the drip version of C and a pour-over version of C that I've had is that a pour over, of course, it just helped pinpoint certain things. Claire, it created a lot clearer of a coffee. Like, um, it it was one of those things where it was definitely lighter. The body was lighter, which kind of helped bring out some of that medium, um, kind of like orange, uh, in regards to brightness, orange sweetness that was coming, like slightly coming through on just cup A was still there in cup C, which was nice that I didn't really get when I just brewed it on a drip cup of coffee. Um, the overwhelming dryness wasn't as bad. However, still it being lighter, uh, it still didn't help the situation that there was some of that French dark roast in there. When it cooled down, it, it kind of, um, it, it didn't help still that much just because of the overwhelming uh, bitterness from those French dark roasts kind of started overpowering, um, surprisingly, the, the kind of light creaminess I got from Cup A. So all in all, obviously, I was surprised, yet it was still my hypothesis, but just how good Cup A was because I think it did still have what the roasters had in, in mind and envisioned, uh, a medium cup of coffee with just, you know, sporadically throwing in some of those darker notes of a French dark roast. What I think they could have done differently is maybe you do what Noah's even doing with Chapman crafted coffee where like nowadays there's barrel aged coffee. There's, um, coffee that you helped infuse with cinnamon before. And, and it's one of those things that coffee is organic and it really is like a sponge and kind of allows things to permeate inside the bean itself to create those flavors. And if you did like just a couple of those, um, mixed in just some of those French dark roasted, you're going to get the oil and you're going to get some of that, um, flavor to permeate those beans of the medium roast. And it created a good cup a, and I think the 
could go off of that. And, and in conclusion, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like there's something here. And what's so happy in this happy surprise and this like excitement that comes from this experiment is because Expedition Roast, hats off to you guys because what you did, like Capic One, they, they did something different. They tried something new. They're challenging this idea that blends have to be the same, like two coffees that are very similar. You're just doing it to get a better profit margin. No, like there's there's some excitement here. They did something weird and quirky and fun, and it wound up being a really fun experiment for me to go and try. And I really think that if you haven't, like, um, like, if you haven't had a dark roasted coffee in a while, go out and try it or vice versa. If you haven't had a light roasted coffee before or in a while, go out and grab one because it just, the difference in the flavor spectrum that you're going to get some of these weird notes that I haven't had in a long time, it just revitalized my passion and like my, you know, just curiosity about what else is out there that I would normally not go after. So huge Thank you and shout out to my Canadian friends who gave this to me. Um, it's definitely not going to waste, even though I wasn't the biggest fan in the beginning. Now I'm like, can't wait to like, honestly have my friends try this experiment and go and spread this weird curiosity and, you know, um, see what, talk to some of my roaster friends to see, Hey, have you ever tried this? Uh, what was your experience with it? Um, and really get people excited and jazzed to try something new. Uh, I really hope that you guys took something out of this whole experiment as I clearly have and, um, really go out and push yourselves this upcoming week or this upcoming day or later on in this day to go out and try something new, whether it's coffee or not, just in general life, different, different foods or something, go and try something different because it just opens up your eyes to like a whole world that I never knew even existed. So Huge, huge, huge thanks again to you guys, the listeners, for supporting me. Um, I, again, cannot thank you guys enough. Just you guys listening, it makes my day to see the numbers keep going up. And hopefully that you guys are listening. You guys are um, hopefully can finally like share some of your guys' experience. If you guys, if this inspired you to go out and try something new, I would love, love, love to hear your guys' stories or your guys' own ex- home experiments that you guys are doing at home with coffee even. So if you guys have any cool stories or you guys want to go and share your thing on this podcast, um, please either email the occasional at gmail.com or go hit us up on the DMS at, on Instagram. And again, be on the lookout for the YouTube video of this experiment. Hope to have it out soon. And hopefully soon that next collaboration with Chapman crafted coffee. Until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.